Welcome to Murderous Mermaids with Martinis, a podcast discussing all things horror. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Angie. And uh, spoiler alert. Most of the titles we'll be discussing are relatively well known, but just in case you haven't seen any of the films or television shows that we'll be discussing, we're going to make sure we put uh, the titles in all of our episodes so that you have been forewarned. You have been forewarned. On today's episode, we'll be talking about the Netflix uh, exclusive feature film, Gerald's Game, also known as what, Angie? Nobody wants to play and nobody wants to watch. (laughs) So full disclosure, I watched the film in its entirety. Angie tried her best to watch the film in its entirety and she couldn't because as she told you, it's a game that nobody wants to play. (laughs) That said, we still have lots to talk about and have fun with this discussion. Yeah. All right, so you recently tried to watch Gerald's Game, the Netflix uh, exclusive film based on novel the same title by Stephen King. So what did you think? Well, let me start by saying I'm a huge Stephen King fan. That makes two of us. <clears throat> so, and I did not read the novel, unfortunately, so I don't have a comparison to see if the film was just not as good as the novel or if... Um, it's just not a good story. <laughs> I, um, as you mentioned, tried to watch this film and I did not make it through the entire film. I would say I made it less, maybe almost halfway through the film before I turned it off because this is going to sound terrible, but at that point I didn't care if the woman lived or died. I just wanted the film to be over. <laughs> And and for context, it's not that long of a film. Like, I, I did watch all of it. I also have not read the Stephen King novel that it's based on. That is a, I think, period of Stephen King where I haven't read as many books from that era. Um, but, like, halfway through this movie is maybe the length of a television episode. So... Yeah, um, I did make it to the end. Um, I do think that the opening premise has potential, but I don't know, I guess as a work of horror, um, I became disinterested in it quickly too. Um, Maybe not so much because I was apathetic as to whether Jesse, the wife in it, lived or died, but... It seemed like what was really horrific in this film was not that... So that this the setup is basically that like uh, a woman and her husband go to remote uh, like lodge in the woods to like, spice up their marriage, which includes her being handcuffed to the bed and then her husband has a heart attack from taking Viagra and she's stranded. Like, that's pretty horrifying. But I think the focus of the film was trying to get us to think about like maybe like the the traumas of repressed sexual abuse. And I think that's visually really hard to convey on screen. 
in a way that makes you want to continue watching. Yeah. So maybe it's not so much that I didn't care if she lived or died, but I didn't want to see what had happened or what was going to happen to her. I just wanted the whole thing to be over. I thought she was going to be eaten by the dog. It would be like a return of Cujo situation. And maybe a more uh, austere reminder of... Did you see Bridget Jones' Diary? No. Okay. Completely different genre. But uh, in, the, in, the, in the book and the, the first Bridget Jones movie, um, Bridget Jones is worried because she's single and she thinks she's going to die alone. And so like her little like, refrain is like, you know, and be eaten by dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what I kept thinking. I'm like, oh, like she's going to die alone and be eaten by wild dogs. And it's not funny now. Yeah. I... So I know that she makes it out of the handcuffs just because of all the spoilers. And that was like, everyone was talking about this degloving scene where she pulls her hand from the handcuffs. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, you've laid there for how long? And you could have done this very, very early on and been free. You possibly could have even kept your husband from being eaten by the dog after he died. It, it just didn't make sense to me. Like, the survival instinct took way too long to kick in. Yeah. Um, I agree. And I think, like, there's different moments where, I guess, she's hallucinating Gerald. Her husband is talking to her about, like, you know, X number of hours, your body will be dehydrating or whatever. So, like... It seems like she should have had more time earlier on to realize the stakes sucked and she should try to like break her wrist and get out of there or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. I think that, so I guess on some level, she, once you, you know, watch the flashbacks and know her traumas and upbringing, she has always been... Um, in a position where she felt like she was helpless or a victim or um, so this is a position that isn't new to her I guess maybe that's why it took so long for her to say enough and and break through and oh, that's an interesting way of thinking about it I was just frustrated like <laughs> you look like you have strong arms come on <laughs> these police grade handcuffs what's the deal <laughs> how, how strong is that headboard I mean come on just bust that wood you can do it so yeah I I felt like at some point I was like okay this is taking way too long and I just really want it to be done and I don't want to watch the next half to see her trying to struggle to get out of handcuffs for another 45 minutes or whatever well I'll save you the time she does eventually get out of the handcuffs yeah well, thank you for that. <laughs> now, now I never have to go back and try to watch it. <laughs> but it does have a horrifying theme, and there are horrific things that happen. And she does seem to have some kind of mental break at some points with the hallucinations, like you mentioned, with her husband, and also being visited by a moonbeam man. Is that his name? Yeah, moonbeam or, or moonlight man. And... I don't know, I guess this is one of the ones where, you know, in thinking about the the genre classification, like, is it a thriller, is it a horror film? Um, 
a lot of the things that seem maybe potentially supernatural about it, uh, like this this um, kind of like ghostly man that keeps appearing in the house at at night, does have a plausible explanation by the end of the film of a, a serial killer in the area that's been known to do X, Y, and Z things that would match like what happened to um, the husband's body in, in the house. Um, and so I guess in that way, like it tries to like demystify what seems to be like the 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 threats to someone like uh, the character Jesse as a way to maybe reinforce that it's like you know the real wor- real world horrors of like the, the men who have abused her in her life. But the I don't know. I feel like they they leave enough of a um, a door open to suggest like but was it really just that straightforward so it's like kind of using the like the genre of the like explained american gothic where like it feels kind of ghostly and creepy but then there's an explanation at the end so it gives you that if you want that kind of closure but i feel like it leaves enough like up in the air of like well why like i think her wedding ring is still missing or something to that effect that she like gives as kind of like tribute to make him go away so i think the the story has i think interesting potential and i might want to go back and like read it as a book i just didn't think it worked as a film yeah i would imagine that the as usually happens the book is probably um much more nuanced and some of the things that they're not able to to portray visually on screen yeah, especially given some of the themes with this one, um, it's probably hard to portray some of it in great detail, which I know was a... Did you see the the recent um, film version of It? Came, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I know there was some discussion in uh, film analyses of that one of like how much from the book could be translated to the screen, just given the, I guess, the ethics of working with child actors, too. Right. And there's no child actors in this one per se, except for some of the flashback scenes. But I think it also raises the the discussion of like what works on the page and what works on the screen are sometimes different things. That's true. And um, so for the most part, I like almost every film or like things about every film. Um, for this one, I just I didn't couldn't get into it. I didn't don't really care to ever go back and try to watch it or figure it out or think about it too much. Yeah, for me, like, I walked away from this one feeling like it was a made-for-TV movie in the bad sense of the word. Like, I know a lot of times when you see, like, made-for-TV uh, used in reviews, it's a it's a dig at the film in a negative way, and I don't always think that films that are made for television deserve that kind of rating, but this was one of the cases where I felt like that being used as a phrase kind of captured in general what I felt about it. Like, interesting premise, but eh. Yeah. I wanted to care more than I did. <laughs> and then I felt bad about not caring. Okay, well, thank you. It's not just me, but <laughs> that makes me feel a little better. Ah, but yeah, and so I, I'm interested in your thoughts on the husband, just in general as a character if he were a human in real life, if that was who the person was, like, there are people like this, like this husband. So. (laughs) In what way that, like, 
pop two Viagra and, and die? die? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know about that. But just the... He just... I don't even know the right word for him. Like, he is both emasculated and, and demasculated at the same time for sometimes the same reasons. Hmm. Like, he wants to be aggressive and on top and overtly sexual, but... He but, can't get it up. But he has to take medicine to do that. So it's like this... Like, you... I don't know. They don't try to create any empathy for him in any way. No, I strongly disliked him from the start. And that's unusual. Usually when you when you have basically two characters, they're both of them end up being very complex and you have um, you know, layers of the person with I know he dies very early in the film, but there's really no redeeming qualities that you can that I can remember or that I found in this character? I think it's one of the... So, I guess the screen time when the character is supposed to read as someone who is alive and in the quote-unquote real world, we don't get a lot of information about him that would make him sympathetic. Um, I think, for me viewing it, is because he seems pretty excited to play out a kinky rape fantasy. And... His wife doesn't seem entirely on board with that. Uh, and so I think that's maybe partially why he doesn't read as pretty likable. I think his character becomes more maybe nuanced and complex when she is seeing him when he's dead, talking to her. But that's not really him. It's, I guess, in theory, her subconscious talking. So, like... He's like a ventriloquist dummy then for like what the like monologue she needs to hear and tell herself so that she can get out of it. So I feel like when we do have moments that maybe make him more likable, they're technically not him. It helps explain like she's put these positive qualities onto him in order to be able to love and attach herself to this man. But maybe he never really possessed them. It's just a her projection of them. Yeah. That's one of those things where like, this. I wish I had read the book first so that I, I could maybe understand better how the film is maybe doing a shorthand of those complicated back and forths. Because mm-hmm. um, now I'm forgetting the details. They're, they're going on, this couple is going on this trip because I think the implication is that their marriage is strained in some way. And I'm not sure if we know fully, like, why it's strained. And so maybe with some of those details, he would be more sympathetic. Or not. Or not. Maybe he would be even less sympathetic. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it, is an, it was interesting to me that immediately he was the villain and not likable and was not redeemed in the, in the time frame that I watched the film. <laughs> <laughs> And you watched half of it, so (laughs) you saw a decent chunk. Yeah. Um, It's one of those things where I also wonder if he's perceived that way because the wife doesn't find much redeeming about him. Hmm. That could be true, too. But then she uses... But we don't get her, like, point of view from a camera perspective. It feels like it's supposed to be more detached, Mm -hmm. which makes it harder to see, like, if that's the read on him. Maybe he's just unlikable. Maybe. I mean, it's called Gerald's Game. 
Yeah. And, like, is this a deadly game? Yeah. This doesn't feel very gamey. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, the name is a misnomer. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a game that got him in the end. That's true. Very true. So, anyways, not one of my top picks and will not watch. <laughs> Won't be revisiting anytime soon. No. Or maybe ever. Or maybe ever. Maybe I'll try the novel and see how that goes. Or maybe you'll quit that one halfway through too and realize, I don't care what happens to these people. <laughs> <laughs> that could be. I'll let you know. <laughs> to be continued. Thanks for listening and join us next week for another horror discussion. And another martini. Sounds good.